set up your structure right. So if you are very serious about your business, look at ways that you can set up and invest in your business. Welcome to Escaping the Ordinary Podcast. If you are ready to be the best version of yourself and level up your life, stay tuned as we interview special guests who will bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we are going to show you how with your host, Ryan T. Ruben, welcome to the show. Thank you. I want to jump straight in, Ruben. Obviously, you are my bookkeeper. You have this incredible business, New Wave Accounting. And just reading the motto, New Wave Accounting helps businesses minimize tax and maximize profit. You got me. So if you could give the listener a bit of insight into what you do, and then we can kind of go forward from there. Yeah, perfect. So basically, New Wave was a solution to a problem that was within the accounting industry in that most accountants were your typical dinosaur accountant. All they wanted to do was basically look at your tax, see you once a year, and then never really call you or engage with you or even provide you with a value-added advice when you small businesses really need it. So why I created New Wave in the first place was to change the perspective of what an accountant could be or should be at this point in time. We team up with technology as well as proactive advice to give our clients more than just tax. We want to look at businesses, small business owners who are growth orientated and really help them reach their goals with you know, smarter advisory. So that's New Wave in a nutshell. We're just trying to be different and we're giving a different value compared to your, your typical accountant. Gotcha. So you're not just doing the, obviously I'm aware of your business, but you're not just doing the yearly tax returns for people. You're really managing and, and helping them guide them through the right strategies to, I guess, build the business that they've kind of envisioned. Is that about right? Yeah, 100%. Look, we take our clients through different stages in their business. So obviously, there are clients that are starting and then they go through the growth phase and then they go through the scale phase. Each particular client has a different need at that particular stage. So we understand that tax is just one step within these stages. So we need to help them build a a strong foundation in the first place, starting from their structure and and bookkeeping and record keeping. And then we need a system on how they actually grow their team or grow their cash flow and so forth. And then scaling is the funnest part where they can duplicate or multiply what they're doing at a larger scale. So it's definitely more than just tax. And, you know, a lot of businesses, I think these days are able to do that and very fast due to, you know, the environments and and the innovation and the technology that's in place at the moment. Gotcha. So, so Ruben, with the, the person that's just starting their business, I'm so grateful that I got to, uh, I stumbled across, I think I was, yeah, I rented a, a desk at one of your um, co-working spaces and um, it was refreshing, mate, to realize, I mean, financially, I'm not interested, right? I like numbers are not my thing and I was just plodding along and to be able to sit back with someone like yourself and really structure the business at that initial stage when I was in that, that what you call it, the growth stage, the starting, the establishing 
and not just do this yearly tax and get hit with this bill. It's like you said, like minimize tax, maximize profit. So for the person that's just starting their business, where's the biggest thing you think they go wrong? Not just your business, but what do you think things they can implement to really help them start like a good start, a really established starting base? Yeah, perfect. So with most new businesses that I come across, the biggest issue that I see is that they don't plan ahead and they don't structure before they actually start the business. What actually happens is they'll jump in and basically just run this business as if everything was reactive. You know, things, uh, sales are happening and then suddenly they start growing quite fast. They start making a bit of money and then next thing you know, they're not in the right structure in terms of, you know, being a, a company or a trust. They haven't saved enough tax and they have no, absolutely no idea what their figures are looking like. These are the biggest issues that I see with new businesses that are starting up. Now, I know that some businesses are doing this just to test to start off with, but I always recommend trying to at least set a solid foundation of reliable and up-to-date books. Use something like Zero or QuickBooks Online. Those are the two that we recommend. Very, very easy to use, simple to set up, and anyone can do it. You don't need to have a bookkeeper. That's when you get into that growth stage to get a bookkeeper. Set up your structure right. So if you are very serious about your business, look at ways that you can set up and invest in your business now. For example, setting up a company or setting up a trust so that you can save tax later, protect assets later. A lot of people are very sort of short-minded and they think very short-term and that's what gets them into issues. So I think that think about more so about 12 months to three years rather than right now starting it up and then having issues later. So when you say, Ruben, think about you know 12 months or up to three years ahead, planning ahead, like what does that mean? What does that entail? Does it mean where we want the business to go? How much financial success we need? Yeah. Or are we scaling from a, a sole trader to multiple employees? Like what do you mean when you say that you need to plan ahead when you're establishing? Sure. When, when I say plan ahead, I'm, I'm talking about the entire business itself. I'm not saying you have to have a, a 60-page business plan ready to be sent to the bank so you can get some investors. I'm talking about just understanding your core products or service are, understanding how much profit you're going to make from them and doing a, a very, very pessimistic cash flow projection or profitability projection for the next 12 months. So understanding that in 12 months, Worst case scenario, if you were to say, I got 12 weddings, then I know I'm going to end up with 50K in revenue. Very, very simple, but at least set that goal and understand that, okay, now that I've set this goal and now that I've set projections and planned ahead, I know that I need to get serious about this now because if that happens, then there's going to be tax consequences. There are going to be GST consequences. There are going to be maybe people trying to sue me and it's still inside my own personal business, then, then it will crumble down faster than you actually brought it up. So when you do plan, like I mentioned, you don't have to do a 60-page plan. Just really write down what you're seeing in this business. And it's basically a goal planner for the next 12 months. Write down your your goal for revenue and your goal for profit and then make sure that it all aligns. And that's where an accountant can help you out. You don't, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on an accountant to get good value. You just have to make just 
try and do things yourself at the start, get the advice that you need, and then they can just sort of fix up the little minor points within your your planning. So one thing you said then, Ruben, was the profit. Do you think it's a good thing for photographers when they're starting out and they're trying to gain momentum and they might be not charging so much straight away, but work out what's actually profit, what's actually expenses, and then grow from there? Because I know like when I started um, selling these $100 photo shoots, $500 photo shoots, it's cost me that much to get edited. And it's like, I was wondering why I was struggling and until I started working out how much exactly my expenses were was a big, massive wake-up call. So do you think you should be doing that right from the start and then projecting forward like in three years, I want to be making X amount so I have to be charging X amount type thing? That's exactly right. Look, I always go by the saying, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash flow is king. So basically, what that means is that you don't want to base your business on how many sales you can do. You want to base it on what's left over in terms of profit and cash flow. And the only way to do that is to monitor your figures and to do a profitability scenario where if you sold or provided a service to one wedding, what are the costs involved? Not just direct costs like editing, you know, you might have some labor costs and so forth, but what are the overhead costs as well? Because you might be renting at a co-space desk. That all has to go into the figure. So at the end of the month, you know you're walking out with a profitable amount so that you can pay yourself firstly and then you can grow the business secondly. So very, very important to do this from the start. And if you can't get it right at the start, the most important bit is to just make sure that there's profit, at least a little bit of profit in there at the start. And then as you grow, you can start to make this more efficient in terms of profitability. You can start cutting costs, getting better deals, increasing your pricing. There's so many ways to improve it, but you don't want to go in at the start knowing that you're losing more than you're actually selling. A big mistake. It's refreshing to hear. It's, it is so true, but so many of us fall down that that rabbit hole. And until we get a bit of a shake up, remember doing my budget with you guys and looking exactly what, my expenses were and I was pretty like shocked and I was like, wow, okay. Like where did I get this ballpark figure of $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 for my services? It's like, what did I base that off? Like my expenses could be 10 times more than the other, you know, 90% of the industry that are charging that. So for the person starting the business, Ruben, you're saying make a plan, plan ahead is number one and take charge type thing. That's exactly right. Like if if I had to reset today and I started a photography business, the first thing I would do is figure out what my pricing would be for let's just say a single shoot. And then I'd figure out every single cost associated to that. Then I would project that out to a monthly basis, just on Excel. You can do Excel so that mm-hmm. no one's too good for Excel these days. <laughs> figure out what that profitability looks like and then have something to compare it against when you have actually finished the month. So if you have zero or QuickBooks online, you can quickly bring up the figures and say, hey, this is what I projected and this is what actually happened. They're not aligned. Maybe it's better or worse, but why is that reason? Yeah. Getting into that habit very early creates a very good habit for ongoing success, basically. 
Beautiful. And then so Ruben, moving to the next stage, the established photographer that has a business, maybe one to three years in, that are looking to scale. I know your your business is from the outside is quite large and it, it, it is inspiring to see how you've run a successful business. But what about for us as photographers that are looking to scale, looking to grow, take things to the next level? Where do we look for uh, yeah, the next step? Yeah, sure. So you know that you're running a profitable business in the first place. Growing the next stage to the next stage means that you need additional resources. Now, this is where you need to understand cash flow. Cash flow is very important because you might say, look, I need two more people, but does the business have the ability to actually put on those two people to do your editing and be the second shooter? So that's very, very important. So this is where you need to do a projection of the ups and downs of your bank. And when people pay you, how fast they pay you. And once you can get a good grasp on that in the growth stage, you're able to allocate some of that cash flow to new people, new equipment, whatever it may be to get you to have that capacity to do more work. So that's very, very important in that growth stage. A lot of, I would say 90% of businesses that I come across have never done a cash flow projection, 12-month cash flow projection. It's something that they always come to me and say, well, I don't think I need it because business is great or we're profitable. People don't realize that profit is completely different to cash. You could have $100,000 in profit in a year, but only see $20,000 in your bank because of timing issues and certain other aspects. So it's very important for a business that's in growth to understand cash flow. Okay. So Ruben, when you say that, mate, so say if that was my goal, say if my goal was to have $100,000 in my bank at the end of the year in my bank, that's my money, that's that's yes. everything. So you're saying in that scale phase, come up with a plan to generate enough, I guess, revenue so that I therefore have that $100,000 rather than just kind of aiming the dart nowhere? Correct. Look, you can't manage what you don't measure. So this is a way of measuring and not driving blind or flying blind. If you do this, yes, you know, we could increase revenue. However, doing a cash flow projection, they may even say, look, how do we increase revenue if we don't have enough cash to put into marketing, which then gives us more clients to produce revenue. So it's one of those ones where it gives you so many different levels of vision compared to just, like you mentioned, just shooting a dart blindly. If you do this correctly, you're able to say, well, in September, I'm actually going to have no cash, but I need people in. So then you go, well, how do I do this? Do I get a short-term loan? Do I get the bank to lend me a bit of money for an overdraft? You know, there are so many different options, but this is where businesses get stuck in that growth phase, thinking that they have to wait for profitability in their business to grow when you could leverage off banks and credit cards smartly rather than just waiting for two years to come past to save up. So you can you could really do some smart things here if you just plan ahead. And so if we can keep diving in, Ruben, to this cash flow projection. Yeah. What does that entail? Like what's the fundamentals of that? I mean, most of our work we get booked a year out. So we kind of know a round figure of what we're going to be making for that year. There might be a little bit more coming through or less definitely with COVID, but what's a cash flow projection like? What does that entail for us? Yeah. So a basic cash flow projection is broken up into three parts. The first is the profitability stage. A profit and loss, this is what anyone can pull up from 
their Zero account or their QuickBooks account. You can pull up a profit and loss and you can sort of say, okay, well, this month I've done X amount in sales and here are all my costs. And then you project that out for 12 months and then you include in there any big expenses or any adjustments that you need to make. So, for example, you might say to me, Ruben, look, in three months' time, I need to buy a camera and it's going to be 15 grand. We build that into there so we can see that the bank is going to drop by 15,000 in, in September. Now, we do that for the profit and loss, and then we get a good indication of how much profit is actually coming into the business. Now, the second part of that is looking at the hidden items that most business owners don't look at, and this is on your balance sheet. So the balance sheet essentially shows you the health of your business. And what it tells you is that even though you're making a profit of $100,000, you've got some debts to pay. So you've got some tax debt, you may have GST, you may have a a car loan that you have in there. These are the things that the, the profit and loss doesn't show you. So by combining your profit and loss and your balance sheet, you see a true indication of how much is actually going to be in your bank and it's all forecasted forward. So we can tell and have a very, very good estimate within six months, 12 months of where your bank is going to be with that estimated revenue that you have that you've already booked in. So um, you know, I would never, ever just run off here are my sales and this is how much is coming in because it's just too too much of a guessing game. It's refreshing to hear. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm picturing back when we went through this with my business and it was just, I mean, obviously I use your services and I have you looking after all my books, but it's just something I'm not interested in. But it, I wish I had established it right from the get-go because like you may not know where you're going to be at the end of the year and then just do your tax and realize that you know you made a hundred grand but you don't even have a thousand dollars in your bank so you're saying with this whole cash flow projection it's just really giving you an outline of where the business is going in the house of the business and how much money because money in your hand at the end of the year type thing that's exactly right and it gives you the ability to correct any issues or mistakes before they actually occur that's a big one okay so can you elaborate on that yeah. So for example, if you didn't have a plan going forward, you don't have any goals, you don't have any benchmarks to work against, how do you know if you're tracking well or not? Well, that's one of the problems there. And on top of that, if I were to say to you, hey, Ryan, in four months time, you're going to be out of cash. Clients are paying you fast enough. You don't have anything in the bank and you're about to buy a $20,000 camera. Wouldn't you rather know that three months before so you can start planning than getting one week before the event and saying, what do I do now? Big time. Or make that purchase and then have nothing. Yes, that's right. So that's where a lot of businesses get stuck. They create themselves this issue when it could have been stopped early on. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's beautiful here. Ruben, I want to ask you another question. This is kind of flipping it right around because I know there's so, so many kind of little variances we can go through with financials. But if I can just recap before asking this other question. So when you start the business, come up with a plan, know where you're going to be or want to be, know what your expenses are. And then number two is for the established photographer or established business, a projection, a cash flow projection. So again, it's really just more of an in-detailed projection of where the health of the business is going. Is that all correct? That's exactly right. Yes. And then that way, 
that's the growth stage there where you've honed in on your resources and what resources you could do to then go to the next stage, which is the scale. To scale, right. Taking it. Yes. And, and I want to, I want to talk on scale, but something that keeps coming to mind, Ruben, I don't know if it's this, this trend thing or I'm just more of aware of it at the moment. I'm sure you're definitely aware of it. Is this whole money mindset, right? Like there's so many books and literature that are talking about having the right mindset to allow money to come to you. What's your thoughts on something like that? My thoughts is, that, look, I agree with having a, a right mindset, but my mindset is geared towards not so much just thinking, look, uh, I want money to come towards me. My mindset is discipline. Discipline and action is my mindset. If you have discipline followed by massive and immediate action, then that's a great mindset to have because you'll find that discipline will create habit and that habit will create a good path for your business as long as that, obviously that habit is, is good. But that's the mindset I sort of take. And, and of course, you know, doing meditation and all those sort of things are part of, that's another podcast for another mm-hmm. day because yeah. I do a lot of meditation and so forth. But in terms of business, the biggest mindset to have is to have a solid, solid, disciplined regime. I know we're not really talking directly about New Wave, but is that how you believe that you've kind of made this from the outset, Ruben, it's incredible what you've done. And I always, always tell you how uh, amazing it is. Thank you. But do you think that's how you, you know, you did separate yourself from those, those tax accountants that are sitting in the mall, which is nothing wrong with them, but it is a dinosaur kind of industry and you've kind of generated this. I mean, how many employees? You got a lot of employees. Is it discipline that you put it down to? I would say that's one of the factors there. Look, I, I'll put my hand up right now. I'm not the smartest accountant in the world. I'm far, far from the smartest accountant in the world. Where I sort of have had my success is in terms of, I guess, my business regimen, like the way I actually take action and set regimes. And look, I break those. We're all humans here. It's not like I work do every day, wake up 3.30 and get to work, do my emails and then do meditation, I will break it. And that's, I think that's necessary because then you have variety in life. But a lot of the success is from, you know, having a plan, being disciplined on that plan and taking massive action on that plan as well. So what do you think, Ruben, just going on this, you manage a lot of businesses and way beyond just doing their tax returns. We know that. But where do you feel like most businesses, I think we kept on it at the start, like, where do you feel as though most businesses start failing and what's the catalyst? Is it discipline? Is it like repetition and just, or is it finding a niche? Because it looks like you've found a niche in the kind of financial services. What do you mean by success in the first place? Like, are we talking about success of making money or just reaching goal? Yeah, I want to keep this on the financial side of things for sure. Okay. So, for the financial side, I think the biggest aspects that business why businesses don't reach their financial goal for their business is one, they don't plan ahead. They don't measure, basically. They don't measure effectively. They're just flying blind. And two, they don't action and have discipline on what they need to do day to day. I love that. (laughs) I wish schools and that just started teaching that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I can hardly do my, my multiplication and then to have someone like you come in in the business and 
it was just refreshing, mate, to uh, pick up that Slack where you know I was hundred percent flying blind, and now I can log into my portal and know where I'm at and and see what's happening. And just quickly, I know meditation is a big thing for me as well, Rubes, but I want to just cap on that. So when we're talking about money mindset, you said you do a bit of meditation. Yep. Do you meditate around money? Talk to me. My meditation is to make sure that I am trying to be present in what I'm doing in that particular day and to remember why I'm doing these things in the first place. It's never about money. It's never about me sitting there doing 10 breaths of, you know, I'm going to make a million dollars, I'm going to make a million dollars. It's more around slowing my mind down to really focus on what I need to do. I'm a big, big fan of Tony Robbins, um, been to you know, some of his events, um, did some mentoring with them as well. And I do basically you know, his priming that he does in the morning. And it's 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes in your life, then you, know, you need to do something about that because it's 10 minutes that I do. I try to do every day and sometimes I miss it, which is fine. But it's 10 minutes where I reflect. I'll be grateful about life. Then I start looking at my goals and start to actually feel them in my mind. And then I end up finishing this with huge motivation to take action. And that's my meditation in the morning. And it's not necessarily about making money. It may be, you know, I want to do something for my team. I want to build culture. I want to get back on a fitness path, whatever it may be, but it's just getting my mindset back to those core visions that I had at the start because your mind can very quickly drift off into various aspects of the world and stress can take over. So that's what I like to do, yeah. I love that. It's so honest and yeah, meditation is a huge part of my life. To be able to sit there with your thoughts and and let them come in and and like you said, be grateful for those small things and not just turn the wheels on the business every day and not know why you're doing what you're doing is a huge thing. Hey, so Ruben, I, I want to finish off with obviously COVID, mate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have been super, super busy trying to look after people's financials during it. What can we do as photographers and small business owners now during COVID to optimize our businesses? Sure. So uh, specifically to your industry, I'm always telling everyone that now is not the time to be complacent and relax. I know that, you know, JobKeeper has kicked in and people are probably saying, look, I'm getting JobKeeper or JobSeeker or the cash flow boost, whatever stimulus package it may be. And, And some people are taking this as a time to relax and just let the government pay their way, which is fine for some people if you want to do that. But my recommendation is to use that as a blessing right now to really plan and execute and innovate and do something right now that when this is all over, and it will be over, we just don't know when, that you will be on top of your industry. So that's what I'm telling people at the moment. Build up your cash flow at the moment and seek opportunities. That doesn't mean, oh, I found shares and I found Bitcoin for such a cheap price, I'm going to buy that. It's seek opportunities in staff that you may need, in resources that you want to build, in technology that you need or equipment. Those are the sort of things that you want to be spending if you have that excess surplus in in funds. Now, right now, if I was a photographer, I would definitely be trying to figure out how to pivot and 
create some type of online presence where either you're selling a product or a service beyond your you know, your day-to-day services of actually physically seeing a client and taking a photo of them. So Ruben, you're saying, obviously, don't be complacent. Start looking at other ways that you can generate, obviously, income and show yeah. your face rather than those direct sales because as I'm sure you understand that weddings are on a bit of a hold at the moment. So bookings are slowing down for a lot of people and stuff like that. But I, I do know that a lot of people are spending a lot of time online. And right now, personally, for me, I, I've seen a huge growth on Instagram, just posting more because more people are on there and engaging and spending time. And a lot of companies I see like start taking a lot of awareness from larger companies like Apple and stuff like that seems to be email marketing a lot because people are on their phones. Yeah. So you're saying definitely think about like showing our our presence online more and don't be complacent. That's exactly right. And look, now may not necessarily be the time for marketing and sales. Now could be a time for branding. Branding and making people aware that you guys are there savior for the time that COVID happened. People right now may be afraid to buy or afraid to be in front of Facebook ads that are selling them wedding packages. It might just make them sad. So you want to be branding and giving them opportunity and growing your email base and growing your your Facebook and your Instagram list. That's what I would be doing right now. I knew I wanted you on this podcast when I first started this, mate. Just something that like I know so many of us just, we don't even contemplate when we start a business is setting it up correctly and projecting forward, right? Like living in the moment, but financially, like that's when the wheels can start falling off when you realize, well, in July, why have I got no money? And it's like, well, you could have almost projected that you would have going to have no money in July and you went out and like you said Ruben bought that $15,000 camera and now that's why you're scrambling yeah obviously it's not a healthy business is it that's right that's exactly right if you could share just one tip to a small business owner right now that we can do whether it is marketing financially not spending saving selling what would it be my one tip for any I guess this could work for any business owner, whatever stage you're in, whether it's a start, grow and scale, is to not take too much out of the business too early. So I see a lot of businesses, you know, suddenly they'll start making good profits and next thing you know, they've just ripped it all out. And what that does is just absolutely stops growth and doesn't allow you to plan for futures ahead. My recommendation instead of doing that is take out what you need leave it in there so you can get to a stage where you're getting consistent growth from the business and profitability from the business without you having to put more money in there beautiful and you've heard the concept ruben profit first yeah i have yeah well what's your thoughts on that obviously for the listener that's unaware maybe you could elaborate on what that kind of means which is quite a simple thing but I remember when I first heard of it, it kind of took me by storm and then I started doing it and then COVID hit and I was so grateful that I did it before this. Yes. Look, I agree. I agree with some of the concepts in there. Obviously, pay yourself first because I feel as though profit first. When you do that, it gives you some type of accomplishment as well when you do that. 
where I see it go wrong sometimes is profit first means everything being ripped out of the business and not leaving enough for growth. If you can do both, pay yourself first and leave a little bit in there, I think it's the best combination. Sometimes you don't need that extra coffee or coffees in the day. And if you can leave that in the business and still pay yourself a very healthy amount that allows you to live your lifestyle that you want, and allows you to be happy first, then it, you, you can succeed in both sides. That's the balance that I sort of like to take with business is that you know, reward yourself, but at the same time, reward your business. It's like you're rewarding each other. Don't think of the business as something that you just, you know, just take, take, take from it. You need to give it some love back. Give it some health, eh? Give it a big hug at times, you reckon? Exactly. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) It is so true though, right, Ruben? Too many of us, we sell a wedding package for $3,000 and then next minute we got a new TV and then we've gone out for breakfast every day and it's like, boom, that's all gone. And like then the subscription expenses come out and then the the office space expenses come out and it's like holy shit like maybe we should have put away for that first and like you said i think this whole podcast episode should go around about having a projection and knowing where you are and where you want to be and what you need to make i see photographers charging so little and i'm like mate do you realize how much tax is coming out of that and like put your petrol and everything on that and that's great if like you can live by that but not many people can live off 30 dollars for the three-hour photo shoot. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, like you said, take charge of your financials. Hey, that's such a big thing. Exactly right. And that's like any industry as well. You were mentioning like the pricing and people undercutting each other. Like it just ruins the industry. For any photographers out there, don't do it. The clients will value your art. The, the ones that, you know, will take on people and services because of price, you don't want them anyway. They're going to cause you the biggest headaches down the track. So make sure you stay true to your margins and your profitability and price well because you deserve it. I love that. I love that. What a great finishing note. So uh, I just want to finish off and say how grateful, Rubes, I am to have you on this, mate. Yeah, you've been a great friend of mine for a few years now and look after all my financials and take that headache off me. (laughs) Mate, you're an absolute inspiration. Honestly, from from me to you, Ruben, I always tell you, mate, you're an inspiration in what you do. You're absolute powerhouse i don't know any other person who's such a powerhouse and entrepreneur and i know you deal with a lot on a daily mate but i hope you also take that time out to give yourself a pat on your back because when i come up to your uh, offices in broad beach yeah it inspires me to see the growth that in someone so young and you've done so much for me so i'll link to everything uh new wave and i know you have marketing and everything you do and people who can get in touch that way if they want you to help them through this situation. Perfect. Thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate you having me on here. Absolute pleasure, mate. We'll speak soon. We're so glad you have taken the time to tune in. If you found this episode useful, why not share it with a friend and be the light someone may need? Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This would mean so much to us. Ryan would love to connect with you beyond this episode. The links to everything and anything that was spoken about are in the show notes at www.escapingtheordinarypodcast.com. Talk to you next week.